0: Hi everybody, it's Jamin with Keen Point of View, the best intersection for politics, gay issues, and Christianity ever with the new podcast episode. Welcome, welcome to all new listeners, welcome to everybody who's coming back. Thank you all for sticking with me every week, and to the new people, thank you for sticking with me every week in the future, like any good American would do. Um, This week, I am so happy to have my first co-host. Uh, we're friends Uh, we met when I lived in DC and uh, I would like you all to welcome to the podcast my co-host for today for this episode Lotitia's hi
1: hi thank you so much for having me I'm so excited yes
0: I'm excited you're my first co-host and I want to do my show like you know how people have guests on there I want as much as possible my guests to actually help co-host an episode Um, but Uh, What y'all may not know is that before this uh, podcast and before Nikki had um, her podcast, which is called.
1: Skeevy Delicious.
0: Skeevy Delicious. um, I, we had a podcast called The Awesome People Show that never made it to air. So (laughs) um, (laughs) we recorded three episodes and it never made it to air. So maybe one day on one of our podcasts, we'll throw it up as like, look where we came from. Let's get started. So, Nikki, so tell me a little bit about yourself, what you would want people to know, um, what you're into, who you are, and I will ask follow-up questions as we get a, as we go along. And also, um, what do you want to plug? In the spirit of RuPaul at the RuPaul Drag Race finales, like, Ooh. what do you want to plug? What do you want to plug? Yeah.
1: Well... I am a visual artist and I live in Washington, D.C. And I create abstract and expressionist pieces based off of the African diaspora. And I would like to plug my art. You can purchase it directly from me. You can go to my Instagram. It is Indigo Gloves, I-N-D-I-G-O-G-L-O-V-E-S. And society 6com slash blotitious.
0: Cool. So and the go gloves on Instagram and what was the site again?
1: Society and then the number six dot com slash bloatitious. B L O W T I C I O U S.
0: Okay, great. Um, my first question is how did you come up with your name for social media?
1: Well, <laughs> The story actually isn't that interesting. Um, I really, really love the Flavor In Your Ear remix by Craig Mack and LL Cool J and Puff Daddy and all them. And there is a verse where LL Cool J literally says the word blow tissues. And the word just kind of stuck out to me. And I know that he said on a podcast, he actually was on Combat Jack, May He Rest in Heaven. Um, He was on Combat Jack's uh, podcast and said that Lotus just just spent like a cool chick, like a cool Runaway chick. And that's me all day. Like, I'm cool. I'm from Runaway. I'm a chick. (laughs) So I'm like, this is perfect. Um, And it just kind of once I changed my Twitter name to that, it kind of stuck and it almost like became an identity in a way. So that's just who I am now. I'm Blotitious.
0: <laughs> cool. So um, my next question is, uh, what what's an interesting fact um, about your history that you would be comfortable sharing? Anything you overcome or just something that's, uh, unusual for most people living their life that um is cool and unique about you or that you made cool and unique.
1: Well, um let me think a cool unique thing about me. Um I actually wrote a book when I was eight years old and it got published and it was called My Teacher is a Rose. Um, it's not in print anymore. It's like not available, but
0: <laughs> oh, I, I
1: yeah, unfortunately, and I've actually tried to Google it to like find it, but I would have to reach out to my third grade teacher to find out if there's a way I can like get it reprinted or something. But I wrote it for my third grade teacher whose name was uh, Miss Sherman. She was the most selfless woman I had ever met outside of like the home like you know your family is generous and giving and loving and all of that
0: mm-hmm. and i had
1: never experienced that in an educator before this woman would go out of her way it was the first time i noticed a teacher doing things outside of their job description and i mean as an adult we all know that teachers spend a lot of their own money on supplies and things like that but Back then, you know, I'm eight and I don't know any better and I'm watching my teacher take her own money and purchase clothing for kids who didn't have, Mm. would have like these little clothes picks and she would be like, oh, I have this stuff lying around. We knew she didn't have it lying around. She went and bought it. Right. How you got a whole bunch of clothes for eight year olds just lying around lady, we ain't stupid. <laughs> but it was really sweet that she did that. And she did it in a way that made kids who were less fortunate and not feel uncomfortable about taking clothes from her. Um, She would give out soap. She would give out toiletries and stuff like that. And it was just really sweet of her. And as I got to know her over the school year, I'm just like, this lady just has all these layers and she's so sweet. And she's just wonderful. And I wrote this little book about her and how much I appreciated, you know, her work just as a teacher and how teachers weren't just teaching. They were also like family. And I mean, she bawled and she cried and stuff. And like over the summer, she got the book published. It was so sweet. And um, yeah, so that was something. Because after, not long after that, I kind of, you know, hit a rebellious streak And I wasn't like a good little girl anymore. So I always think back to stuff like that to remind myself that, you know, I was once a shining example of love at one point.
0: (laughs) So my next question is Are you going to stop being on the streak that you hit at 12? Or I'm kidding.
1: you say that the table? I am love. <laughs> don't do, don't do this.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, my next question is: It's the story that you told me, and I hope you're comfortable with sharing. But what is the story of the credit card company that called you a slur and the hookup that you got from it?
1: <clears throat> so a credit card company that will not be named on your show i <laughs> you <laughs> don't want to cause no no stuff but so there's a credit card company that and they are a major credit card company like not a little store card not no, you know whatever it's like a big company and they you know made a comment about my race based on how i
0: talk you can say the word what they called Uh you you can say the word what they called you if you want i
1: don't want to say
0: the word okay all right
1: you can say the word
0: all right they called her a nigger go ahead
1: i hate that but i don't like it with the er it makes me uncomfortable
0: that's how they said it I sound like Drake in that video, like, years ago. Where he was like, yeah, niggers. I'm like, dude, no. Like, no.
1: Yes.
0: Okay, That's go ahead. <laughs>
1: yes. The lady on the phone called me a nigger, and I was like, bitch, what? And, I mean, I was really taken aback because I felt like, I'm not on the phone with like the dollar store. I'm on the phone with like a major credit card company. And I don't understand what the problem is here.
0: Right.
1: Um. I don't understand why you are talking to me like this. And I understand, like I try to be gentle with customer service people because people are so rude to them sometimes. And I felt like I was patient with her. That there was like a discrepancy and I just was, you know, kind of trying to figure out what was going on. And she called me you know, she called me a nigger. And I was like, no, ma'am, not, not, no, no, not here. Um, so I turned into that, that customer. I was told by AppleCare. <laughs> I want to talk to every supervisor. I want to talk to every manager. I want to talk to everybody who's above you. And they gave me no interest for life no interest none no interest listen and this was a card that is known for having outrageous interest rates too because it's a harder card to get um but I was so excited I was like what let's do it really in my heart of hearts I should have just been like canceled my account and not one deal with y'all at all but I'll take that no interest, Shawty, all day. Give it to me. That was the time a white right. lady on the phone called me an N word. That is
0: awesome. Um, I wish I had a similar story because I could use zero percent interest on my credit card stuff. So. Um, right. all right. Um, is there anything else you would like to share that people want might may want to know about you? Aside from that you really don't hate men as people think you do on Twitter. Oh,
1: child. Everybody thinks I hate <laughs> men. I love men. I do. I love men so much. I just want them to do better. Um, Something about me that I wish people knew is that they do not know me. Um, okay. A lot of people make assumptions about me on social media based on things that they might hear about me. Um, But I always implore people to you know, consider the source. Um, Somebody who doesn't like me isn't going to tell you nice things about me. Um, Somebody who doesn't agree with me is not going to tell you nice things about me. Um, And I'm an open book. If you ever feel like you want to know something or you feel like you might be entitled to something, by all means, ask away. It doesn't mean I'm going to answer you, but I'll surely, you know, consider the question Prior to deciding whether or not I want to answer, but I don't think it's fair that a lot of people just decide I'm like this man hating, you know, whatever. There was um, late last year, November, November tenth. There was, a, you know, an issue on on social media with um, like a, a sexual assault, like yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that whole thing came out about you know, people being sexually assaulted or harassed at like bourbon ball or Twitter fused events, um, things of that nature. And um, my name was wrapped up in it because, you know, some of the perpetrators were people who I used to spend a lot of time with people. I used to hang around people. I used to call friends. Um, And I mean, even to this day, like last week, somebody said that. I was a rape accomplice and I was like, what? 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 (laughs) Um, And people continue to say this and they'll harass me about it. Um, And I went on like a widespread blocking spree because I'm not about to deal with that. Nobody's looking for the facts. Nobody's asking questions. They're just saying words that are hurtful and harmful and untrue just because, and it's, You know, I I get the mob mentality. You're on a witch hunt or whatever, and everybody wants to burn me at the stake, but I don't have to deal with it, Um, and I'm not going to deal with it, and a lot of the people who, who are being the messiest about it are all people who don't know me, and they're all people who are generally very anonymous on Twitter, and thats I'm pretty sure that that's for a reason. Like, you're really anonymous for a reason um so I don't pay him no mind
0: cool um I did like what you said before about um hyper visibility not necessarily equating to fame and that like hyper visibility doesn't mean that it gets you anything in the end it's just that you're hyper visible and some things you can be influential on but it's not like the same platform as like um Beyonce or Jay-Z doing something
1: it's hard because when you're hyper visible, there are people who hold you to like a, a responsibility to the public, which is kind of strange because I don't owe anybody anything. But also like when you're hyper visible, some people will treat you like you're supposed to behave a certain way. And that's also not true. I can be my authentic self and it doesn't mean that I'm you know disrespecting other people. I'm just being me. Um, But I also understand that people are are always watching and and looking and judging and waiting to say something about what I do. And that's fine. As long as what you're doing isn't um, directly harming me in some way, you can say whatever you want to say. And me being hyper visible was never something I was striving for. I, you know, I didn't want that. It just one day people started, you know, I started racking up followers and I started getting a lot of retweets and some of my tweets would go viral and I'd end up on like, you know, Buzzfeed or MTV or, you know, MSNBC or something like that. And I'm just like, why is this happening? Leave me alone. <laughs> but I mean, it happened for a reason. Um, and I've actually, you know, being hyper-visible has been lucrative for me. Um, but it, again, I'm not famous. I'm, you know, I'm nobody. I'm just a regular woman. I pay my rent on the fifth of the month like everybody else. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just try to do me the best way I can um, and try to, you know, help people if I can. And if if I need to just be quiet and let people speak their truth and I just quietly retweet, I'll do that too. But I don't, I, I don't like that people behave like just because you're hyper-visible or you're popular or known or whatever you want to call it, that that means you owe them something or you owe them some sort of explanation. And a lot of people do that. They'll, you know, ask me on Facebook or ask me on like Twitter, like, you need to explain this. No, I don't. I really don't. Um, right. If my daddy asks me to explain something, by all means, I'll give him every word he want. But these are strangers in my phone, right? I don't have to answer nothing, right? Um, and sometimes I will. Like for instance, um, I said something about, I said something about Pride Month, and I don't remember what it was, but it was something that could have been easily misconstrued. And there was a guy who asked me about it and I don't know where he came from he just came out the blue and he just was like "I feel like you need to clarify this and he explained why he wanted me to clarify it and I understood where he was coming from and um and I and I did because I don't if I if somebody feels like something I'm saying is harmful to their community by all means let me clarify it so that you don't feel like I'm coming for your neck I don't want nobody to feel that way Cause I'm not that type of woman. I'm not a mean girl. I don't want to bully you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. So if I'm doing something wrong, by all means, let me know. And you know, he he took what I said. He said, "Okay, I get what you're saying." And he went on about his business. He also didn't know that I identified as a queer woman. He had no idea because I don't talk about my sexuality on Twitter because I don't feel like it needs to be a discussion. Um, I don't feel like it's any of anyone else's business. But
0: oh, we're well, we gonna discuss this. You queer. No I'm oh,
1: kidding. Gosh. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, you know, it's not something that I talk about on Twitter and I because I'm, you know, I'm cisgender and I am hetero-passing because I do date men. Um, and I, you know, I present as just your run of the mill, you know, cishet woman. So, you know, I try not to take up a lot of space in that in that way to make room for people who are for lack of a better term just gay as hell and just want to you know say what they want to say like by all means sis go ahead do your right. thing
0: right i don't want to
1: yeah. take up that space cuz i don't need to i feel like i take up enough space in other in other places right um if that makes sense
0: no it does to me yeah um i like when people ask you to explain something that you've done Um, I've had a situation where I wrote a blog post years ago on my site, um, and it was about uh, my experiences dating a bisexual man, and actually two of them, and I wrote about those experiences, and I was saying, like, speaking from a place of pain about how much uh, I was hurt, how much I was used, how much I was just felt like I was just used for an experiment, an experiment or experimentation, Mm -hmm and um that they never really wanted me they just wanted you know the story um but they used my emotions and were not clear with what they wanted up front to me Mm -hmm. so i wrote that story and i wrote it from a place of pain so i just like lashed out at the guys who were doing it Mm -hmm. but um i eventually had a mindset of like well all bi men are like this and so I was like, oh, bisexual people are confused. They need to make their mind, stop using people. And I just blanketed everyone. So I just want to give a shout out to um, the people who were in my mentions and trying to talk me through this and not just like it, like somebody who writes for HuffPost. Well, anybody can write for HuffPost. But anyway, pretty popular on HuffPost. Like he started like sharing my blog posts and everyone started like ramming, you know, all this stuff on my Mm -hmm. Twitter feed. It was like, I've been flamed twice on Twitter. It's not fun. So, um, and I actually had to delete the post from my site and write, a you know, another post explaining what happened. But I just want to give um, a shout out to the people who were calmly talking to me, which was about three people, just saying, like, here's why it's offensive. Um, here's what you're not understanding about bisexuals and blah, blah, blah. So I learned, and I said I was at the time, I'm like, I'm still learning. I said I'm still not 100% cool with bi people. Back then, I wasn't. But I understand more now, but um, I also want to shout out um, uh, Jenny Burns on Twitter, as well as uh, Mina Hong Um, on Twitter. They are bisexual women and they have been like my online friends for years and they stuck by me even through this because they understood where I was coming from. They didn't take personal offense to it. They were like, you were hurt by these people. So I understand why you have that mindset, but hopefully, you know, you won't always think that way. They like stuck with me and understood. I'm like strangers who are just like, ah, like (laughs) firebombs and all that. But um so I understand, like, yeah, when something you've done takes off and you get visible and people are like, oh, you need to apologize because of this. Like I I'm glad the guy explained to you why, without just saying like, oh you trash by.
1: Right.
0: yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for telling us about yourself, Bloticious. I enjoyed learning stuff about you like I didn't know you wrote a book so let's get into our next segment for Nikki I want to do um yes or no for five LGBT themed shows Hmm. so a yes or no so first answer is a yes or no and then if you want to explain why you can Okay. No, I'll give my answer, too. Right. So the first LGBT show is Will and Grace. No. Uh, Will and Grace, yes, for me, the first time through. No, for me, the second time through.
1: Oh, OK.
0: Um, I really. I'm not enjoying the second time through as much as I did the first. I'll say that
1: what's different
0: (sighs) I just think them picking up where they left off and moving a little bit ahead and also like all the anti-Trump stuff I'm just like I get it but it's I think they're using a similar formula that they used back then and didn't change it much for today so I have not enjoyed the show Mm -hmm. as much
1: okay I have never watched that show um i felt like it was going to give me an overdose of whiteness that i didn't want um i just was like is this anything like friends where they live in a gigantic apartment that nobody can actually afford
0: actually will could afford it he's an attorney so
1: <laughs> excuse me
0: yeah and grace was an interior designer so they could afford their life that they were living
1: Oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe one day I will watch the show.
0: Mm. The old ones are good. The new ones, I'm like,
1: eh. It's eh. on Netflix, right? The old ones?
0: Uh, Hulu. Oh. Hulu, yeah.
1: Okay. I'll go back and, you know, try to watch a couple episodes, see how I feel.
0: Yeah. Don't watch it on a 4K TV because, my lord, like, I'm barely making it through old Golden Girls episodes. <laughs> you sound like Cinca right no. now i really do sound like it's not but the resolution is terrible (laughs) like on old shows you're just like i can barely make out the faces but um okay the second show is which one i want to say second show noah's ark yes yes for me too
1: i love noah's ark
0: yeah i like what it meant and um as a show overall, and um, I like the relationship between Alex and uh, Trey. Mm-hmm. Trey. Trey was the light-skinned, muscle-bound one. I was like, I want a Trey in my life, Ooh. even though the actor is straight in real life. But um, yeah, I like. I did like the show. Yeah.
1: I think what I what I liked about it. Um, well, for one, I've always wanted to see more um more queer men on television I feel like we get wrapped up in seeing like the same gay women on TV like we see the same like femme very like feminine soft lipstick lesbians and then we have like a couple of more masculine presenting lesbians and then you have like this flamboyantly loud obnoxious gay guy
0: Hi. And-
1: yes and I get tired of it because it's like, gay men aren't a monolith. And it kind of frustrates me that, you know, like television and movies kind of make it seem like they are. And I'm like, okay, gay men come in a lot of packages, <laughs> not just this one. So I think for Noah's Ark, for me, for as a woman, I'm like getting to see different representations of what... It looks like, and I have an appreciation for it, but I'm also like, other people can see that gay men don't just come in, you know, covered in glitter and like yelling and hollering and screaming and shouting and singing all the time.
0: Yes.
1: This is how, how, you know, the actual, like LGBTQ community looks. They look like, surprise, regular people.
0: Right. And I have a whole strong opinion about gay guys who are flamboyant and extra and loud, and not that way when they're depressed and sad, mm-hmm. versus those who still are that way when they're depressed and sad. I'm mm-hmm. Like, so who's acting and who's not? But I'll talk about that at another time, um, and about how in gay life men seem to want to be a character sometimes versus themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh. but yeah i'll talk about that on another show um number th- three um pose
1: i have not watched it yet but i, I want to say yes i want to say yes just based off of what i know
0: okay um i will say yes so far um i'm enjoying the show um i had a couple issues like some of the slang they've used is very current and not 1980s. And Mm. I I just like, I know breakdancing was a thing in New York or whatever, but were people just randomly breakdancing while people were just talking like a few feet over having a conversation, people just breaking out on the pier, just breakdancing. I mean, they
1: they do that now. So yeah,
0: I just, okay, maybe I need to get out more, but, or needed to get out in the eighties more in New York, but I don't know. Um, I just I, I just had a question about that. That bothered me in the scene when I saw it. I'm like, these people are just dancing. I'm just like, we could have shot this without the people being there. <laughs> I was like, we'll just have them standing and talking nearby. I am like, <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, it's the 80s. Got to make sure it's the 80s. Because, you know, show breakdancing shows the 80s. Like, we know, what so while we, we know what year it is by the fashions they're wearing and the haircut. Like, uh, so I just had an issue with that. Plus, I was also like tipsy from Pride. But I was just like, watching it i'm like i have a problem with this (laughs) but
1: it's on my watch list though but everything i've seen about pose so far i am with it
0: yeah um they the i'm 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 happy there are so many trans women on the show um one of them is actually trans in real life that i didn't know like the rest of them i'm like it you know how to say like passing fully passing for a woman versus you know right One of them, I did not know. I was like, oh, this is a, you know, she was born a woman. And it's like, no, she's trans. I'm like, wow. That's great. Like, I didn't know. And she's also, I don't, it's a good show. It's just not everybody on it can act. That's all I'm going to say.
1: I think that if, and I, I, I thought about that when I saw people talking about it and saying that, some of the people who are on the show aren't actually actors. Right. I said, if this show gets through a first season, I'm pretty sure there will be more time invested in helping them, you know, capture what it means yes. to out a role as opposed to just be on a, you know, be... Or, <laughs> yeah, or it, it's,
0: rec- it's necessary. Because I'm just like, a couple of them, whenever they recite lines, I'm just like, you're not even... I oh. <laughs> And it's not like I can complain about it as a normal person. I'm like, I'm an actor. So I'm just like...
1: I can hear you yelling at the TV. Oh my
0: God. I'm not acting like I'm like, you know, Tony award winning or anything. I'm just like, I, I want it to be like, good. Because the ball scene that they're showing, it probably was glamorous in the 80s for the time. But it didn't have the same lights and lighting of today. Mm,
1: so awesome.
0: that looks really good to see like present day lighting and lit up, you know, versus the Paris is burning documentary where like, it was glamorous, but it's like, you're still very much it's one light on in this huge hall.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, the battle between the two mothers is entertaining, but, um, I, I can still see, like, where the one mother still cares for her, even though she left the house. But um, and it's like, honestly, it's how people should be treating each other and what people had to do to care for each other when they were kicked out by the people who were supposed to be their family. So that's really good. And um, I'm just interested to see how they're going to handle all this stuff, because it looks like they took Paris is Burning and then wrote, created a world around that. So. Um, which I'm actually enjoying.
1: Hmm, OK. Yeah. See, I haven't heard it be described that way. And it makes me even more interested to watch it because I really, really, really love Paris is Burning.
0: Yeah. You got the documentary. They were talking about the ball culture in general. But like this kind of did that. Plus, you go into their lives.
1: You get to be more in depth because like even watching Paris is Burning, like there were certain um, interviews that they did. And I'm just like, I wonder what happened to her. I want to see like an update on her. What happened to her? Because you know they don't give you a recap. No, of
0: the- and I think there's only one person from the documentary who's still alive today.
1: Right, right, right. And I and I had to look that up on my own. Right. Um. So when I was watching it, like I wanted, I wanted more. I wanted to know more about them because they really only spent a few minutes talking to each person they talked to. So you know, I had to go and do my own like research and find out that only one person from. The documentary was still living and i just was like wow man yeah
0: it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. <sighs> yeah and just so everyone knows not everybody from Paris is burning died of aids that was the common misconception you know it was like oh they all died no not everybody died of aids some died of drug overdoses some had heart attacks related to drugs some had, i think one did um some did die from aids and other ones died from other stuff so not everybody died from aids so just clarifying that So, the fourth LGBT thing show, yes or no, Queer as Folk?
1: I'm going to say no.
0: (laughs) I can't say maybe. Um, So
1: (laughs) That's why I said no. Because if I had the choice, I would just be like, eh, (laughs) in the middle.
0: I'm going to say yes, because except for like a couple seasons they were over what six or seven seasons like a couple seasons I'm just like eh, God I'm gonna say yes because I enjoyed Michael
1: mm-hmm.
0: I enjoyed I actually enjoyed Brian trying to pretend that he didn't have feelings for um John um I Emmett was my favorite character he was such a sweetheart um the lesbians. I cannot even remember their names because I always put them together. Mel and... Uh, wait, it's Mel and... Um, somebody tell me. I don't know what the other one's <laughs> name was, but the blonde one. But um, they were always like kind of afterthoughts, so I didn't appreciate that, that about the show. And it treated the lesbians like, you know, gay culture typically treats lesbians. And this one woman said, one lesbian one time I read somewhere, she said, lesbianism needs feminism. She's yeah. like, because... The men are taking over everything and they didn't even, they weren't even the ones that started. So, and she said, lesbianism needs feminism. And I'm like, I believe that too. Um, Also have another thing to say that I'll say later, because I don't want you to be implicated in what I would say (laughs) about um, who else needs feminism. But um the show, I just had issues with the show with how they treated lesbians. I had issues with the show with um, the lack of Black people, even in they were set in Pittsburgh. Mm. Um, but it, was, it wasn't a show about Black people. It was a show about, I'll say, mainstream gay culture. And um, I just, they tackled some things. Well, other things they didn't. That's why I said a, it's a yes or no. I can't say maybe, so it would be a maybe, but I'll say yes. Um, And the only thing that's saving it from it not being a no for me are Michael and Emmett or Emmett and Michael because Emmett is I love Emmett to this day. I'm like, I would totally date Emmett. um, (laughs) He was such a sweetheart. But um, yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, no, and a lot of it was for the reasons that you kind of had an issue. Like I, I just felt like it it lacked a bit in representation. Um, it felt almost like a like a gayness in a vacuum. And I just was like, nah, I'm really not feeling this. There was a couple of different representations of like a unicorn, like having, you know, this one um female couple, like that just was a bit much for me um i really liked i did appreciate the um complexity of the relationship with um what was her name Lindsay. um
0: was she the blonde one
1: that was a lady who she was the mother of brian's son
0: oh that yeah yeah okay um was she
1: the blonde lesbian Yes, yes. That's the blonde lady. I had to think about what she looked like. That was Mel's Mel's girlfriend.
0: Yes, Lindsay. Yes, okay. Hey, we got her name. Okay.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Lindsay's like complex relationship with being, you know, Brian's baby mama, Mel's boo thing. Like that was interesting because that's common in a lot of queer relationships. Um Like, I dated someone for a while who, um, he is a trans man, and he was, um, before having reassignment surgery, he had a child with a trans woman who was also, before having reassignment surgery. It's always been a very interesting relationship because they didn't, they weren't in love with each other. They just both wanted to have a child and they said, look, I trust you to be my child's other parents. Let's do it. And like a lot of, you know, cisgender heterosexual relationships, they don't, they don't understand that. So I think where queer folk kind of irritated me with like the way that they represented, I did like that they showed, especially way back then, they showed the complexity of how some Um, queer relationships can be when you want to have like a family dynamic and have children and stuff like that because that's one of the first things hetero people say is well what about kids well what if you want to have a baby gay people can't have children like they always say that stupid shit and doesn't even make
0: sense number five i really thought i started this at the anyway the fifth one is uh living single
1: Love it. I'm kidding.
0: That's not a queer show. Um, <laughs> my, isn't it? No. Um, okay. The fifth show. Looking, yes or no? Mmm. Hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna
1: say yes.
0: Really? I'm yes. gonna say no, but okay.
1: What? Okay. Um I say yes because I really. First of all, I I appreciated that it was just like a thirty-minute show. It was like, bam, here, this is what we have for you. That's it. That's all. Because it seemed like whenever there was like a show that had like queer people on it or it was like an LGBT show, um, it was always like long and it was always a drama and it was always like. Let's do like primetime dramatic. Like let's get in our feelings.
0: Oh my god! Like every Netflix show, people are like, oh, watch this show. I'm like, it's 56 minutes it's
1: an hour, right? Like I don't it's 22 have
0: 22 episode. Of hours. Like I just,
1: I don't have a lot of hours, right? I don't have. I can give you like, I can give you 27 minutes. I I got right. Me. Like, I think what I liked the most about looking was the various um like the different setups of everybody's life i think that's what i like the most about it was you got something different from everyone where a lot of shows queer shows and non-queer shows like you always have this group of people and they all just like make a lot of money and you don't really know what everybody does for real
0: um i, I, I kind of want that to be my life but
1: right and it's like what do you do for real like I don't know, i'm just here I just get money i just get money and that's it like you're not really sure how these people are getting all this money or living this lifestyle that they're living, but like on looking, um, it was kind of clear what everybody was doing. I think that's one thing that because it gave me a connection to the characters. Um, but it's, it it also was not my favorite show, so
0: it was um, really my problem with looking was that in San Francisco, sure it can be whites, sure. But if you're gonna have a minority in San Francisco, where were the Asian people? Chow,
1: you you said a word though. You you really did. Because San Francisco, it is very white, but it is also very diverse at the same time.
0: It is, and the yeah. most diverse minority there are Asian people in San Francisco. Yes. So.
1: And there's a very large gay. There community.
0: are gay Asians. <laughs> so like, yeah. Where were they? Yes. So I was just like, this is another show about white guys hooking up.
1: Well, that's why it was not renewed for a third season. So
0: You got to have diversity because people are tired of, like I said on Facebook one time, I said, I don't think it's a bad thing. But in general, um, a Republican friend of mine actually told me, she said, in general, people are not putting as much weight on white people's opinions on things.
1: Yeah. And it's
0: not necessarily a bad thing. It means that other people who have actually lived those experiences are being hurt because there was a time when like unless a white person said it, it wasn't valid.
1: Very true.
0: Like my godmother lover, her. But my mom was challenged the doctor like the doctor was saying something to her when she took her in to be seen. Um, she said something the doctor was trying not to pay attention my mom was like you're going to look at her in her eyes in her face and tell her what you just are trying to tell me because she actually is coherent enough to hear it and when she left my grandma's like i can't believe you said that to him why you said that to a white man my mother's like and what No, (laughs) right so Yeah. yeah that's our yes and no So um, you get to know what we think about those shows. So if you have anything you disagree about, go ahead and email. Email will be given at the end of the show.
1: Don't email me about it, though.
0: Yeah, don't email her. Email me. (laughs) In political news this week, Donald Trump went to Singapore to meet Kim Jong-un, who is the president of North Korea, which is like a terrible country to live in. Um, He has executed family members when they had the wrong attitude in front of him. The people are made, they're forced to grieve. Um, When his father died, they were forced to grieve. And if anybody was reported not grieving publicly, um, they were um, to be thrown into um, a gulag, so um, into a prison camp. And an American went to a prison camp and returned um, blind and deaf. And um, I think he was unable to walk. And I think he died. He died. So, um, yeah, it uh, it's pretty awful in North Korea. There are reports of people in the northern part of the country resorting to cannibalism because they didn't have any food. Um, People have intestinal worms. It's an epidemic in the country. And uh, Donald Trump met him on the world stage in Singapore and shook his hand. With a backdrop of the American flag and North Korean flags closely pressed together beside each other, so that you really, I didn't really notice the American flags much. I noticed North Korea's flags because their colors, they color block on their flag better, I mean, bigger than we do. And it was, I was disappointed in the summit um, for a few reasons. Number one, when President Obama offered to meet Kim Jong un, Republicans in the right wing, especially Fox News, we're saying that he's weak. And President Obama was weak, doesn't know what he's doing. And President Obama was going to have a plan. He was going to research this thing and have people put stuff together to put together something where America would gain something from North Korea that actually had teeth in it. So, Mm -hmm. President Obama offered to do that. And he was called weak and Congress wouldn't approve it. And, you know, they were like, don't do it, don't do it. Trump comes along and it falls into his lap, kind of, And he goes, and I just want to know who are Trump's people? This is his problem when he doesn't staff the government with the right people. I don't know who his people were because they had nothing. They had nothing to go on. And what we wound up giving was North Korea said they wanted South Korea and the United States to stop playing war games in the sea because they looked at that as a provocation for North Korea. And they agree, you know, Trump said, OK, we're going to stop doing that. Didn't tell anyone in South Korea that mostly the South Korean president or the U.S. commander in South Korea, any of that. They, you know, just announced it. Um, the first paragraph apparently said denuclearization to get North Korea to give up their nukes, which they promised to do several times over the last few decades and have yet to do. So they keep breaking the promise and like signing some agreement is not going to make him do it. Um, Kim Jong-un is a noted liar as well as Donald Trump. So it's like two liars get in the room. What, what really happened? Nobody knows. No press was allowed. So the thing that Kim Jong-un signed really has no teeth in it. And Donald Trump really didn't get anything for America in the deal. He's not a great deal maker, as he keeps saying. So I just have a problem with this because the hypocrisy of the right wing supporting Trump over Obama further proves that the only thing the Republicans had against President Obama was his skin color. Like, and it really bothers me when they keep saying no, like his political party, F that. Like, why does his political party matter? If you're now saying, why can't you just celebrate Trump for taking baby steps towards world peace? Why couldn't you do it when Obama um, proposed it?
1: The funniest thing about this whole situation to me is how... The, like the the right leaning or the right wing, the conservative people they will they will find something positive to say out of nothing. I mean they will make up stuff, they will say whatever they have to, and I don't understand it. This man is so nonsensical, but you just remain loyal. It is so bizarre to me to watch these people. Be so ridiculous, I mean loudly, they are loudly wrong, and they're okay with it. um as much as people have been waiting for the summit in Singapore, I just I was really like floor I mean watching people clap like I'm like, what are y'all doing? What is even happening? And it makes me feel like. I'm crazy because I'm like I'm, I'm watching this entire situation implode and people are acting like it's a good thing what are we getting out of this
0: we get nothing and nothing. he's like oh you have to wait to see like no I don't I want to know what did you did you talk to him about human rights abuses what specifically did you say for denuclearization what is the plan there Was it just a general thing that he can sign because he's promised to do it before and won't do it? What? I just... So... um, My Lord. So, yeah. um, In other news, uh, the Supreme Court decided that uh, Ohio, their voter disenfranchisement law where they could purge voters from the rolls was not Unconstitutional, like an appeals court had ruled, um, so Ohio can go back to purging people from the voter rolls who don't vote or who haven't voted, and um, it's just a way for Republicans to maintain power because that's the only way they can maintain power because their conservative platform doesn't really work in reality and it's not working for people. So if they know if people go to the polls and vote. They're going to have so instead of them changing their platform to become more modern and you know go into the common the current um, common age. Mm-hmm. They decide to just cheat the system and maintain power and do things that really only benefit the super rich.
1: I think when it comes to like voter suppression or voter disenfranchisement, one thing that I noticed that the other side doesn't think about or talk about um they don't talk about what has happened. They don't talk about um actual like factual situations of voter fraud. They always have like a hypothetical. It's always a, well, this could happen or this reportedly happened, but they can't actually give you a time when there was some sort of like voter fraud actually happening. It's always hearsay or something made up. And people really will run with that. Like I saw somebody tweet recently Twitter is great because you can just wake up and lie and
0: people <laughs> will believe it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the, I mean, like,
0: that all ha- the time.
1: It's happening on the news, it's happening in newspapers, magazines, everything. Like, these people wake up and just lie. They just tell blatant, bold faced lies. Um, I remember um, who was in the news. I think it was Wisconsin. I mean, they suppressed like 200,000 votes back in 2016. Mm -hmm. 200,000. That is a lot of people. Yeah. That is.
0: That's why Trump won. I mean, Hillary should have been there too, but yeah, that's why he won. It was voter suppression that helped. Yeah.
1: it was a very, very large reason why he won because the voter suppression was heavy. I mean, you got machine tampering and they admitted that there was tampering and then nothing was done about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Purging voter rolls is something that happens almost every single election cycle and nobody does anything about it. So you saying that this is wrong and it's illegal, but who is being held accountable
0: And these are the first people to talk about how we need to go back to God and, you know, worship God and turn to God. I'm like, God is not mocked. So if y'all keep doing this, he's merciful. He's long suffering. The Bible says it. God God is not mocked, but he's long suffering to us. So he's not mocked. He's not going to allow his name to be besmirched like this for much longer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean. You got tornadoes ripping through the Bible Belt more frequently now, so like that could increase. Y'all always blame the gays for it, but hey,
1: maybe it's the Bible. <laughs> you know, maybe it's, maybe
0: God is getting fed up. Like, right?
1: So. Maybe it's you know the folks who who do all types of shady stuff in God's name. Like, it's so gross to me to to watch people say well, it's my God-given right to do X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, God didn't give you that right. You don't have that right. And I really, I mean, think about some of the things that we do. I can't imagine having anybody's God stand next to me while I, you know, berate somebody because of the color of their skin or how they live their life or who they love or who they want to vote for. Like, I can't see anybody's guy standing there and going, This is totally cool, fam. Go ahead. Yeah. Like, it's just not happening. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just not. And and watching all of the tactics that they use to suppress the votes, I mean, I it really it floors me because I'm like, y'all go through so much trouble. Because you're scared to lose instead of just being better. Why don't you just be better?
0: Just be better. Have a better platform. That's it. That's how yeah. you got to do Just be better.
1: That's really all you have to do. Do better, be better, and then maybe you have a chance to win. But because you know you suck, I feel like I'm watching Saturday morning cartoons and I'm watching, you know, Wile e. Coyote try to get past the roadrunner at every mark. Like, that's what this feels like at this point. It's like cat and mouse. Right. And it's like people's lives are on the line. People's livelihood is on the line. The way that people are raising their families is on the line. Like, it's real out here. There's a lot of stuff that these politicians do and say and get away with that affects our lives directly. And I, I know that we're tired of it. We're jaded. We're sick of talking about it. We're sick of, you know, devising plans and pontificating and shit. I get that. Like, yeah, it's frustrating, but this is affecting our, our daily lives. It affects our jobs. It affects how we move around. Um, and don't be a black or brown person. I mean, now we have a whole new host of issues. Yep. It's ridiculous. It really is. Yep. And I had to, I think it was the last um, presidential election cycle, that I had to explain to people um, whenever they would say something about how, um, you know, the arguments that come up on social media about your vote not counting because of the electoral college and things like that. And I had to explain to people, if, if it didn't matter, they would not continue to try to suppress your vote. If your vote did not count, They would not go through all of this trouble.
0: There's this quote on a Facebook page called Let's Talk About. It's called So Let's Talk About. And um, it was a great thing about racism. It says, white people are so desperate to assuage themselves of the guilt of being associated with their racist skin folk that they will jump through all kinds of illogical hoops to see a balanced playing field between extremists on either side. There are definitely Black people who hate white people on site. I've heard them at cookouts and on the street corner and in my mentions, and that's where they remain. White people who hate Black people run the country. Racist white people are elected officials, police officers, and judges. A few of our uncles saying Kill Whitey does not compare to white politicians seeking to disenfranchise us, judges sentencing us to prison for longer terms, and cops planting drugs on us or killing us with impunity. The scales are not balanced. Black, extre- Black extremists do not perpetuate the cycle of racism in the United States because they do not have the power to do so. For every single whole tap railing against the man or loudmouth crack of this crack of that uncle, there are tent racist white people with the power to legally deprive us of life, liberty, or the pursuit of happiness. If you are a tolerant white person who just wants everyone to get along and put aside our differences, stop saying it to us as Black people. The people reacting to racism are in no way comparable to the people enacting that racism in the first place. If you stab me in the neck and I react by cutting your finger with a pocket knife, there is no both sides argument. You tried to kill me. I grasp grasp at whatever i could in anger defense and desperation that's racism in america white people keep stabbing us in the neck and they're let's get along skin folk want us to put away our pocket knives
1: oh that was a word uh,
0: that was a good way to summarize racism and people who say like oh can't we all just get along like no we can't because we're trying to get along they're the ones not tr- yeah, they're <laughs> the ones preventing it from happening so go talk to them And gay news, um, just remembering those 49 people who were taken from us way too soon at Pulse nightclub two years ago on, um, on June uh, 12th, uh, 2016. Um, I remember getting the news before I went out to DC Pride. And um, yeah, that kind of put a damper on the whole day and the weekend. But um, I just want to say that, as I said on Instagram On uh, the Facebook fan page, the closet is toxic. So the shooter of the at Pulse nightclub, who killed forty nine people, who were mostly Black and Latin um, LGBT people, he uh, reportedly was either gay or bi and couldn't accept it and couldn't feel comfortable being out. He was married. I just and people who say gay is a sin or whatever, why don't you just stay in the closet? That's what can happen when you stay in the closet. And there are people who say, you know, gay is a sin. And like, why can't gay people just stay in the closet? Well, this is what can happen when you're in the closet. Not that it always gets that bad, but it's just, this is what can happen. So the closet is toxic. The closet prevents you from accepting yourself completely. The closet makes you feel like you're splitting yourself in two. And you can take that out on people in very, very uh, negative ways. So. I just want to say to everyone who lost their life at pulse and those who are mourning and grieving still um you're in my thoughts and prayers um and seriously you are and i mean i send them to you i say them for you but um i pray that you're getting through this i know you'll never get over it but i pray that you get through it and i just pray that more and more as we grow as a society and culture that we encourage people to Accept and on who they are. So something like this does not have to happen again um, for someone having so much self-hatred that they projected on others. Um, I also want to say, initially, um, reports about him being a Muslim and like he wasn't even practicing. And um, I just want to say like, as a culture, I, I don't like that we have so much fear of other people that that's the first thing we jump to to try to justify what they've done because they're part of a religion, um, from uh, that over the years um, have uh, had adherents from them violently attack America or American interests. Just a small group of them, not the whole group. So, if all Muslims were like terrorists, we would all be dead because there's like over one point three billion of them in the world. So we would not stand a chance. So they can't be. So, um, what I'm saying is don't allow, it's bad enough that he hated himself, but we don't need to compound that hate with more hate for Muslims or Brown people trying to justify it when there is a problem with just overall accepting of gay people in society, which led to this. That's all.
1: I have, um, very little to add because that was perfect. Um, I, I'm just, I get frustrated when the subject of Pulse comes up because I always happen to notice somebody playing like oppression Olympics or they'll say something Islamophobic and I don't, like I get ragey, like I have a really hard time listening to people say stuff that's hateful without being just really disrespectful and talking about their moms and however I can hurt their feelings. That's what I want to do at that time. Um, So I just really hope that the families are finding solace in their mourning. And I'm just, I'm tired of like these senseless acts of violence for literally no reason. Like, there's no reason for a person to ever have to feel like they have to open fire on a group of people. And it's, as somebody who, like, I struggle with mental health issues. I've struggled with my sexuality. I have struggled with, you know, um, coming from a religious background and being afraid to say how I feel or feeling oppressed in some way. Um, I get that. And I've also had mental health issues where I felt suicidal. But I've never been like, I need to take people with me. And it's, I feel, you know, kind of insensitive when I say this, but it's if you're suicidal and you really just can't do life and you feel like you need to be free, fam, I feel you and it's fine, but don't take nobody with you. Cause you're taking away their option to want to live. Yep. They didn't ask to go with you. If you want if you want some Romeo and Juliet shit, by all means. I I respect that. But murder suicides, I just can't I can't get with it. I can't. I can't. I hate it.
0: Um, another thing I want to talk about for gay topics is how gay men, I feel, have a lot of trauma that we don't process and what it may look like in practice as adults. And um, this is probably just men in general. And also how black gay men, in my opinion, are the worst affected by this, and um, also, how apps can help like dating apps is, or hookup apps can help exacerbate the problem if you have a problem with your self-esteem. So um I just want to say, like I've discussed this with some uh, black gay friends of mine, and we were just saying, like, why is it that when you date somebody? that all can seem to go well in the beginning. And then all of a sudden they just flip. So they disappear on you. They make stuff happen that they try to make like your fault for making them feel the way they feel. Like um, one of my exes actually told me that. Like, I don't want anything more to do with you. And this is why. And the reason I don't want to see you anymore is because um, you were just supposed to be uh, someone around temporarily. You weren't supposed to be someone I got connected to. I dated a guy who told me um, he had a great time with me on these dates. We went to the symphony and he actually told me, he said, I had a much better time with you than I thought I would. We went out to eat after. He was having, like I had never seen him so relaxed and being himself and like playing with his scarf and all that. And he dropped him off at home. And he was like, this is, this has been a really nice night. He's like, I usually would invite you in, but I don't want to. So I just I don't want he's like, I don't want to like treat you like everyone else. So I said, okay. Two weeks later we went out again. And I said, Why did you disappear? And he's like, well, because in your in my in my phone, I have your name um with a letter beside it. That means I met you online. And typically with guys online, um, they fit into a box. So I see them um periodically and we have sex and they go on about their day and I go my way and he said but you refuse to stay in your box you ask me how my day is you actually care about me he's like I'm not used to that and I don't know what to do with it and I said have you considered getting help for it he said no I know I need therapy but I'm content being messed up because I don't want to do the work to get better
1: That's really honest of him, <laughs> now, it's
0: I honest, mean, but I mean, so messed up. Like it, it is
1: really messed up, but I'm trying to find the silver lining here. So I oh, appreciate. I'm
0: okay with no silver lining here. Like
1: <laughs> I appreciate that honesty, but what?
0: Yes. So, like he kind of told me, like you're the best guy I've ever dated, but I can't date you anymore because it's. I prefer to be messed up and doing these temporary flings and dealing with guys who don't care about me versus having someone who actually cares about me and takes an interest in me and finds me desirable. I just want to tell people again, therapy is great. Go get some if you can. There are organizations that can even give you free therapy for some sessions. Um, Therapy has really helped me because like, it helped me enough that when he said that to me, I said, okay, I hear you, I'm out. Before then, I stayed and tried to make it work and tried to make it happen, whereas therapy taught me, like, it's his problem, not yours. You did all you could do.
1: Can I just take this opportunity to plug Open Path for just a second? Sure. Um, Open Path Collective is a um, collective of therapists who have agreed to provide in-office or remote treatment for $30 to $50 a session. They also provide couple and family therapy for thirty between $30 and $80 um, a session. It is $49 to sign up and it's a lifetime membership for $49. And then you can sort um, through the therapist by location, um, gender identity um, issues. Like if there's a specific issue that's plaguing you, if it's, sex or sexuality or relationships or professional or whatever might be you know nagging at you the most you can like check that box and it'll find somebody whose um specialty is one of the things that you need um i use open path collective to find my therapist they are in compliance with hipaa the american counseling association the foundation for excellence in mental health and the International Society for Mental Health Online. Use it. Openpathcollective.org. Thank you. I was not paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really love it. Um, my therapist is actually um, a, a trans Black woman. And I found her on Open Path. And she is Absolutely amazing.
0: My therapist is a straight man. Um, he is uh gay uh, accepting mm-hmm. and he's the one who told me I don't define myself by my sexuality because I'm um, my sexuality comes you know after me
1: right, right. like you're just a man who just happens to be gay.
0: yeah and granted, you know gay life is you know part of my life, but it's not all I am so right. that helped get my perspective together but um if anyone wants to know who he is i recommend him he is a christian counselor um but he doesn't like he's he's not gonna throw the bible at you he ain't never thrown it at me but um uh, i can give you his information if you email me and the email will be given at the end of the show he is in um uh, the dc maryland virginia area in uh, the maryland area In Christian news, there's an article I read. It was talking about how Christianity is dying in America. And I put dying in quotes. They didn't. I put dying in quotes. And I honestly feel it's about time. Like, 100%, I feel it's about time. Because, like, the reason that people feel Christianity is dying and, you know, leaving the faith and not calling themselves Christians anymore is because of the Christian right and Jerry Frawl Um, linking conservative politics to Christianity. So these group of people have now become what's called evangelicals, even though there is an article about who is actually reading the Bible and living by the Bible. And it's black Christians. It's not these evangelicals who are white people who are voting for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So, um, if Christianity is indeed dying in America, I fully support this. I'm, I'm fully supporting it because it, I don't think it's dying. Cause that, You know, the word of God will never die. But. um, I feel that the way the faith has been hijacked is dying, and I'm completely okay with that, because honestly, I don't think Christianity should have a political ideology with it. Jesus Christ is the king of kings. He's over all governments ever established. He's above this. So I don't think we should be linking liberalism or conservatism to Christianity. It should just be Christianity, and we should just do it as Jesus said we should. And this does not mean that you're voting conservatively or being a good conservative Republican Christian. What the heck is that? Like, that doesn't matter. So um, I just have a question about this to Trump supporters who are Christians. And Trump supporters of all races and ethnicities, not just white ones. I just want to ask, who are you worshiping? Because I don't, I'm not so sure it's Jesus anymore. I think you may think you're worshiping Jesus, but how you live and how you vote shows that you're more worshiping, especially if you're a Trump supporter. I think you're worshiping white privilege and white supremacies. I don't think you're worshiping Jesus as much anymore. So that being said, um, I fully support. What they said about Christianity dying in America, and I'm saddened that it has come to um, conservative politics hijacking the faith for people to be done with Christianity and. Because a lot of people say they're done. And I'm like, you're still a Christian. You still believe in Jesus. You accept <laughs> him as your savior. You're you're just you're you're over the church. You're over American. I, church. To
1: say, I don't believe in Jesus anymore.
0: <laughs> right. You, you don't do that's not how it works. So um I will say like, I don't know if you're worshiping Jesus anymore because I anything like Donald Trump has said he does not he has never asked for forgiveness from God because he does not feel he's ever done anything that requires forgiveness. So, you know, being a Christian means that you acknowledge you're a sinner and in need of saving grace by Jesus shed blood on the cross and belief that he rose, that God raised him from the dead. So, I don't understand how you let him get away with that and say, like, and fool you into saying that he's a Christian when President Obama said. The sacrifice of Jesus coming to earth as a baby, living as a man, living the life he lived the way he did, dying for his sins before Barack Obama was even thought about, arising from the dead so he'll live with him forever, that spoke to him on a personal level of love and sacrifice that he accepted Jesus as his savior and Jeremiah Walker's church. So I don't, I don't understand how President Obama can say that. Which is the same testimony many of you give. And then Trump says what he says. And you're like, well, I support Trump. I believe him. Like, but President Obama has been a secret Muslim all this time. (laughs) Like, (sighs) I just, and then like, you're now just, I, I welcome the death of American Christianity. I really do. I think it's time for a renaissance in Christianity in America to get back to what it's supposed to be and get separated from politics because your politics should have never been conflated with your faith ever. It's one of the fastest ways to poison your witness and poison the faith in America, and this is why Christians look stupid supporting Donald Trump because everything he stands for is kind of just awfulness and sin and you're there supporting him simply because he's not a Black or, I'm sorry, half Black president.
1: So as I'm listening to what you're saying, I'm really, I'm trying to, I feel like the devil doesn't need an advocate. So I don't ever like to say, oh, I'm playing devil's advocate. But I do try to look at things from a varying perspective or from a way that maybe I didn't consider previously. And that brought me to this. Your belief or disbelief in Christ, your religious stance, however you have a relationship with the Lord, however you do that is your business. But I feel like your faith is a very large part of who you are. And I feel like however you... Act out your faith, however you present your faith, whatever it is that you believe in, no matter you know the religion or the, the deity that you pray to. If your faith is strong and it matters to you, it even the slightest bit is going to have bearing on who you are as a person. So when I look at people who say that they are Christians and that they are, you know, God fearing people. And I watch them do hateful things like Trump supporters do. Like, I just want to be a fly on the wall when they're supposed to be worshiping. Like, do are you going to church? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? What are you doing that's even remotely Christian? Like, let's be honest here. We have sat here for over a year and watched these people, I mean, literally be radicalized before our eyes and it is the most bizarre thing I have ever in, I've ever witnessed, um, watching them grow more and more bold when they say things that are Islamophobic, racist, sexist, classist, et cetera. Watching poor people in the middle of the country say that they support Donald Trump because he's a good businessman. Y'all poor, he not here for you.
0: As he's, uh, like, As he's
1: sending your jobs away. and
0: Sending your jobs away. And, and just like, well.
1: And cutting, and cutting any assistance that you were receiving. But you're still, but you still cheerleading for him. And he cuts your SNAP benefits. And he cuts your welfare check. And he cuts your, cutting your Medicaid. Like, it doesn't make sense to me how you can say you're a follower of Christ. Or that you are a God-fearing person or that you are religious, or that you love the Lord. And then you don't exhibit any of that because of your political affiliation. It's like, where is the integrity in your religious belief? If you can say out your mouth, I'm a God-fearing, if I say, I'm a God-fearing Black woman. But there's absolutely nothing that you do that suggests that that's a true statement. It is just outrageously bizarre to me to, I mean, I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking about how these people do the verb of life. And there's so many things that they do and say that are really hateful. And I just think it's funny how, I mean, majority of these people are white and they get upset with us. And why ain't I making a race thing? We're just observing.
0: (laughs) I fully support the death of American Christianity as it is now if it's going to be reborn into what it should be. Okay, now we're going to talk about our bum of the week and our boo of the week. So bum of the week, standing bum of the week as always is Donald Trump. So this week, week and a half alone, he's done some real bum things. So First, we have this Singapore Summit where he legitimized Kim Jong-un. Um, again, he promised to denuclearize several times already and has not done it. Um, Donald Trump also alienated our actual allies. He has set up a new federal office that will look at taking away citizenship from naturalized immigrants. That is the goal of the I'm sorry, that is the goal of the Trump administration, by the way, to get rid of all immigrants in the country. That's the goal. So they're doing this by setting up an office that will look at people who they claim snuck in through natural citizenship, um, naturalization process. And um, so I just am like, are you going to kick out Melania and her parents? Because that's kind of, isn't that kind of what they did. But um, Donald Trump also said the NFL players should take a pardon to uh, talk to him about who they want pardoned in the criminal justice system because he pardoned Dinesh D'Souza this week, or last week, um, who is a terrible Indian man who's a conservative who wishes he was white. And Alice Jones, who was, you know, nonviolent drug offense, she was in jail for a very long time, and you know, sentenced to stay more, but he commuted her, or no, he granted her clemency, and she was released but her record is still not clear, like, unlike Dinesh's, which is clear because he's loyal to Trump. So, um, Kim Kardashian went on Alice Jones' behalf and talked to Donald Trump and got her to get out of jail. But, like, did Kim do it for everybody else or just one person and tell Trump about the overall problem, you know, but he seems to only be concerned with if you stroke his ego, he'll do you a favor, but not for the fixing it in an actual systemic problem. And what else did he do? He alienated us from the rest of the G6 and he is now beefing with Canada and now has strengthened border restrictions in the North against Canada. It's a hot mess. This is a lot for him in a week. Like Yes. And oh, and I love his economist who was lying about what Canada did economically and then turn around and had a heart attack. It's like, yeah, lying will really take it out of you. So he's fine. But he had a heart attack. It's like, well, stop lying. Um, So Trump has done a lot. So that's one. I I, I don't even know if anybody else did anything that was real bummy this week. Do you know anyone?
1: Oh, not me. Dennis Rodman, kind of. But other than that no because he was like oh my talks with North Korea and he's like crying and he's got like caked on Fenty Beauty on his face it just was a hot mess <laughs> but yeah like no like this was an exceptionally weird week
0: yeah him. so uh, yeah I don't know I, I, I have no other bum nominations who's done as much crap as Donald Trump did so I guess bum of the week this week is the standing bum of the week which is Donald Trump um however my boo of the week is everybody else who is at the G7 summit who had to tolerate Donald Trump trying to get Russia back into the group and walking away saying we don't mind being the G6 this is really sad for america angela merkel is like about done and so the free world will be soon led by like canada and france and germany and um who else is in it south korea
1: that's a mess. That's a mess. It really is. And I, I
0: hope. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the UK, and the United States. So um, minus the United States soon, maybe because we're being run by a man who just wants to watch the world burn as he enriches himself. Um, I, my heroes this week, the booze of the week are <laughs> everyone else, from Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the UK. I I don't even like Theresa May that much in the UK, Prime Minister, but like, they're going to try to run the world because we're being led by somebody who is getting cozy with North Korea and Russia and abandoning everyone else. Like, how are his supporters not seeing the problem? So that's my booze of the week. Trying to hold the world together. I always support that. Nikki?
1: I, oh my goodness. I just, that was quite the rundown. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm sad because I feel like we're watching the world burn (laughs) And um, there isn't a whole lot we can do about it. And I really just hope, as you know, primary season is very quickly approaching for many people in the country. Um, Midterms are in November. Please register to vote right now. Um, Figure out who you're voting for and figure out why. Look at where people are on the issues because this is awful. And it's going to affect us for a long time. And it's stuff that is affecting us right away. Like sometimes politicians can make these decisions and it's like, oh, we got a while for that. We'll be fine. We can prepare. But it's like he makes decisions about things that are going on currently that affect us right away. Um, Just give him a moment a year and get it over with.
0: Yeah, like, um, (laughs) just, I, every week, like I said, I scream mentally twice a week that people actually voted for him and are shocked. This is what, this is what pissed me off. Y'all are shocked that he's doing what he said he's going to do. I just thought he was going to say that because people say stuff to get elected all the time. People do say stuff to get elected all the time, but they say stuff that's in their platform and they try to do it. The only thing stopping them is Congress. So, if you have a congress that doesn't have a backbone because republicans apparently have lost their backbone unless a black man's in office um i i don't understand how you're shocked that he's doing this that's all because he said he was going to do it mm-hmm. and he has such an ego that he would not be happy unless he attempted to do it and if you butter him up and you stroke his back and say like you're the best guy ever he'll do whatever you want him to do correct Once again, this is Jamie with Keen Point of View, the best intersection of gay issues, politics, and Christianity ever. Thank you for joining me this week. And thank you for also joining me, Blotitius, Nikki. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I loved having you here. And everyone, please, if you like this podcast, feel free to share it with everyone you know who will enjoy it and subscribe to it. Please subscribe. Also, feel free to contact me at keenpointofview at gmail.com. Keen is spelled K-E-E-N-E point of view at gmail.com. Also on Twitter and Instagram, the handle is at keen P-O-V, K-E-E-N-E-P-O-V. And the Facebook fan page is Facebook.com forward slash Keen P-O-V blog is keenpointofview.com and email again to get in contact with me is keenpointofview at gmail.com again I want to do some read email mail eventually so feel free to write and ask questions and I'll be able to answer them on the show once I read them so um, music this week is provided by Ace Dizzy Flow and Google thanks again for joining in and Blotitious is at Blotitious B l o w t i c i o u s on Twitter and her website and Instagram for her art again are
1: society6.com slash and Instagram at Indigo Gloves
0: thank you thanks for listening everyone take care